You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Mike Shope. We were having a very serious conversation about mayonnaise here. And the Bulldog. And don't even talk to me about weed. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, into the 5 o'clock hour we go here on a Friday. Happy hour, everybody. Welcome to it. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope has the day off. We've got Zachary Jones alongside. Joining us right now on the Wester Hotline is a fine Bills beat reporter for New York Upstate and Syracuse.com, contributor to News 4 Buffalo, and one of the hosts of the Shout Podcast, Matt Perino. Happy anniversary, Matt. I noticed this week when I went looking, I first thought to look for you uh, DM on Twitter, and I found a conversation we had that was very brief that was dated almost a year ago to when I reached out to you today. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's been about a year. So welcome back. Happy anniversary. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tr- tradition unlike any other. Uh, I enjoy coming on and chatting with you. Uh, and it's a cool time to talk to you because, you know, the, it's like a weird time frame for Bills fans, right? Like it's so many years, decades of, you know, looking for the quarterback and looking to rebuild the whole thing. And, you know, now they've just been in contention for three years. And this offseason is really just about filling holes and finding, you know, a few diamonds in the draft. And it's just like a different era of Bills football. So it's it's super fun and interesting to dive into all the different things that Brandon Bean, you know, has to do this offseason to reload and, you know, chase the Chiefs and, and the Bengals. I was thinking about reaching out to you for know, more than a week. When when did you talk to Mike Ginnity and he dropped the Mike Evans, Gabe Davis bomb? Was that like a week or so ago? Yeah, it was a week ago. Um, <laughs> definitely had some some eye-opening emojis uh, in the chat, in the live show. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's an interesting move for sure. Like, I... I like the boldness of it, right? Like, and mm-hmm. I think Mike Evans and Stephon Diggs, you, you know, I, I don't think Brandon Bean's in the all-in in one-year kind of mindset. Um, I, but I like the idea of adding another all-pro, Pro Bowl caliber player and taking the pressure off of Gabe Davis. But I also like, you know, there's an alternate line of thinking where, you know, you go and develop maybe Stefan Diggs' re- replacement mm-hmm. draft a receiver in the first round this year. And there's so many different ways they can go about it. It's going to be fun to think about. Well, I, I mentioned the, the thing about Evans, and don't be me. Uh, we had we had Mike on our show on Wednesday, and I did not even ask him about that. <laughs> it's <so laughs> stupid because uh, I, I had been thinking about it, but I guess I was thinking of you when thinking about it, even though it was Mike's point from Track, Mike Giannini we're talking about. But since then, you've got the, the I, I see a piece about trading at Oliver, and now there's something about Derrick Henry because Von Miller is posing with him, working out, and like, Oh my God, my head's going to explode, Matt. <laughs> you are you are churning out controversial takes and content over there. Well, that's what it is. It's crazy season, right? This is what we have to get us through uh, the NFL offseason, and every little thing that happens is news. Um, 
I think the Ed Oliver thing is, is really interesting because I, I don't know, like even when I put out the story, I'm not necessarily advocating for the Oliver trade. I, I actually think from conversations that I've had with people inside the building, I think that they really like Ed Oliver. I think that, that you know, they, he brings something in the building and for their defense that maybe isn't as appreciated like amongst fans and amongst media members. The, 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 the real truth of it is they drafted him at number nine to be a difference maker on the defensive line, somebody that attacks the quarterback, brings down the quarterback, and that just hasn't materialized. He's averaging four sacks a year in his first four years. So I think like from a trade perspective, you have to ask yourself the question. It's not about getting Ed Oliver out of the mix as much as it, as it is looking two, three years into the future and mm-hmm. what that extension looks like with him and the money that you save this year coupled with the move that you want to make not only this offseason but next offseason. And then it starts to become really interesting. And then, oh, by the way, if you trade at Oliver, maybe you add another draft pick this year, which gives Brandon Bean some artillery to move around in the draft, get a little bit more aggressive with – the guy that he wants. I, I was on the conference call with Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network today, and I asked him, who do you think – give me like two, give me a couple names of guys that you think mm-hmm. at wide receiver fit with what the Bills already have on the roster with Diggs and Gabriel Davis. And the first guy out of his – name out of his mouth was, was Ohio State's Jackson Smith in Jigba, who I think is really versatile, really interesting piece. He went at number 20 in Jeremiah's mock draft, which means if you're Brandon Bean, you're going to have to trade up to get that one guy that you think will fit into this offense. So it's just, you know, it's just an exercise, a thought exercise, you know, to get people thinking about the mm-hmm. kind of maneuvers that Brandon Bean has to make. And then, oh, by the way, I don't necessarily think it'll come down to this, but if you trade Ed Oliver and you, you move that $10 million off this year and the extension money that you were going to give him should a deal materialize, does that make it more likely that you can re-sign Tremaine Edmonds? And is that a, a path that you want to go? Because maybe he means that much more to this defense. They're just interesting questions to keep talking about. Yeah, for sure. I, I like the Oliver piece a lot, and for exactly the reason you just said. Like, it just sort of gets the wheels turning, um, you know, and, and we all like sort of playing around with, how much they should pay this guy, how much money do you want to appropriate to this position or that position. You know, I I like, you know, draft, develop, retain. You know, that's the mantra, and I I can dig it. But, you know, on Oliver, I just feel like this year was such a big letdown. I don't know, maybe that's overstating it, but I I thought there were signs late, late last year that he was really coming on and becoming the impactful player that they envisioned him being in the middle of that defensive line. And I just think this year it just really did not materialize. And he's being outshone by, you know, guys in his own division, Christian Wilkins in Miami, um, Quinnen Williams with the Jets. Um, I, I just I worry about being too attached to the guys you drafted because you drafted them, you know? I think that's a great point, and I think, the, the additional point there on like comparing him to guys that, you know, Quinn Williams, they, the Bills didn't have a shot at him. You I mean he was picked right. third, and you know that comparison is always going to be there. But he had 12 sacks this year, and we're talking about 14 sacks for Ed Oliver's career, and so that is a tough pill to swallow. And then you look at a guy like Christian Wilkins, who the Bills could have picked in that spot where they picked Ed Oliver, and he is like 
he's almost like the entire package. Like he is a disruptor. He he ha- he has the sack numbers that you're probably looking for if you're going to extend a guy. And he's a really good run defender. Now, I will say, I think Ed Oliver is a better run defender that he's given credit for. And I also think there's a, there's a little pebble in all of this that I think comes down to the Bills side of things, which is sometimes there's not a great vision for the players that they draft. And there's a recent example, obviously, Kyer Elam. You go out there and you trade up, you get him, you bring him in, and then you start a six-round draft pick over him. We could go back to the early days when they drafted Cody Ford, drafted, you know, traded up for him. And what do they do? They mm-hmm. get him in the building. They, they scream from the rooftops. They think that he can, he's a tackle in the NFL. And then they have him split time with Ty and Secchi. And it, it almost just threw his cart completely off the tracks. And so with Oliver, you know, at times they've asked him to play three technique. They've asked him to rush the quarterback. And at times they moved him over to the nose and asked him to take on double teams. And I think – Sometimes with players, and he's a good player, and he's been able to kind of manage it and still be productive, maybe not the level of production that everybody's looking for, but he's still been a pretty solid player for the Bills. But I think that just all over the place and asking you know, players to do all these different things, I, I get liking variety and position flexibility. But sometimes having a vision for a player and executing it, to me, is more important. And I wonder how much Oliver's been affected by that. Talking with Matt Perino, Bill's beat reporter for New York Upstate and Syracuse.com, also one of the hosts of the Shout podcast and a contributor with our buddy Sal Capaccio at News 4 on their Bill's coverage. Um, all right, well, we've covered two of the three stories uh, that caught my eye. Do I want to even get into the Derrick Henry thing? Because like, I am running back on this show is always talked about the bills are very interesting i think to think about um top shelf running backs that their name is always attached to rumors about mccaffrey or barkley or drafting travis Etienne or or whomever Brees hall even last year um and I, i decided at some point last season matt myself that i'll believe the bills are going to spend premium assets on that position when i see them do it so um Tell me what, what there is. Is there, is there anything to the Derrick Henry thing other than ESPN speculation and Von Miller taking a picture with him? That's it, right? The, the, I mean, the Von Miller piece of it always makes it interesting because, I mean, <laughs> like go back and listen to Brandon Bean talk about Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, they, they welcomed him into town. They rolled out the red carpet. They had the full, the full deal. If Von Miller wants something, I think Brandon Bean's going to be all ears. I mean, they, they have that kind of relationship. And – you know, I was looking, our buddy Mike Gennetti, he tweeted it out, um, I think earlier today or yesterday, the team trading for Derrick Henry will take on uh, one year, $1 million, or $11 million. That is literally the Ed Oliver money that you'd save if you decided to trade him. So you could literally trade Ed Oliver, draft a defensive tackle, and bring in Derrick Henry to, to kind of combine with James Cook and go that direction. And I think it, it – it answers another question, too. It's like, I don't think the Bills have been big enough and tough enough in the run game. And I think that if you give Aaron Cromer a running back like Derrick Henry in their offense, I don't think you got to hand the ball to him 20, 25 times a game. I think you can get away with like that 12 to 15 range. But I think he's going to maximize those carries. And because he gets to play with Josh Allen at this stage in his career, you know, I think that that mitigates some of the ground and pound in the the mileage that he'd have to take over the course of a season. 
Now, with all that said, is it going to happen? Yeah, probably not. But I definitely think the Von Miller part of it, you know, Ryan Talbot, my, my, my co-host and my, my tag team partner, he, he saw that on Twitter and put a story up and it's got everybody talking. Who knows? But I do think that there's a, a path to it and it makes sense. But again, I, I kind of like the Chiefs model of, you know, take a guy in the, on day three of the draft, bring him in. You spend, a, you spend a, a day two pick on James Cook, and uh, you're probably going to bring back Naheem Hines in some type of restructure. I know some people are advocating to, to, to move on from Naheem Hines. I, I think that that would be a really bold move for Brandon Bean after he just traded what ended up being a fifth-round pick and a third-round draft pick of a running back in Zach Moss for Hines and what they think that he could have added to this offense. I still think they want him to be a part of the picture. So that would surprise me. But, yeah, Henry, uh, it's a fun conversation to have. Yeah, I yeah, guess fun, fun or in you know if you're like me, it's torture because I I hate I hate this idea. I I know he's excellent, um, has been you know the best or at, at the you know very near the best for year you know year over year here. But I just premium assets that dollar figure on a running back in this year in, in this NFL, it would it would blow my mind um, if they were to do it. Um, you know, but you know, with that said, you know, I, I recognize that you know they have not had the the running game that you'd really want. But you know, with Josh Allen on your team and you want to throw it forty times, I'm not sure how much I really need to invest. I agree with you on Hines, by the way. I, I think they need to adjust the contract. I, I don't want to pay him almost five million dollars um, to be sort of a you know whatever he's going to be one B or even just a backup running back. Um, but I wouldn't want to just cut them for nothing I, I think if you can maybe get that salary cap number cut in half um i would definitely want to listen to that and we'll see what they end up doing I, I i think and i thought this when they drafted cook even though cook's resume is what it was at georgia was never like the number one guy there i think he's got to look at that job I, i'd be surprised if they brought singletary back on a second contract and cook and Hines and maybe draft a guy in the fourth or fifth round and i think that's your backfield yeah, I thought James Cook down the stretch looked like the the number one running back. I mean, there were games where, you know, he really started to take over and really push Devin Singletary, you know, out of the mix a little bit at times. And he looked comfortable in that role. And I, and I think they're just scratching the surface of what he can be as a player. And, and also Ken Dorsey, that year one to year two jump that you're hoping for as a planner and as a – a uh, 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 coach that understands his personnel, how do you put James Cook in places to have him be successful, not only in the run game, where I thought he was really effective. I mean, averaging over five yards uh, a carry as a rookie and some of the big-time, longer, second-level runs that he had, um, I was actually surprised at how well he wa- or, or how good he was at breaking tackles. I thought he was going to be a little bit more of a finesse player. There's a physicality, like an undertone to his game that I really like. And so I, I agree with you. I, I think going in right now with, with Devin Singletary set to hit the market and, and test things out, I, I think that James Cook, I'd be more than comfortable if I'm Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey, running things back with him, You know, maybe using a day three pick or an undrafted uh, free agent that you like, bring them in and add, and add numbers. But they, they do a really good job, too, Bulldog, of, you know, look at the last couple of years, Raheem Blackshear, they bring him in. 
Um, he's really good in training camp. Everybody down there liked him. He goes to Carolina, scores a couple touchdowns. Before him, a couple years ago, Antonio Williams was a guy that a mm-hmm. lot of Bills fans were really excited about. So they, they can find talented runners. And again, to your earlier point about the Derrick Henry piece, they still have Josh Allen. So you're not looking for somebody to come in here and really dominate uh, a, a number of touches. It's not who it's not who I think they want to be, you know. Like if you wanted to run the ball thirty times a game, like some team from the seventies, then you know, fine, go big and spend assets and spend salary cap space on you know upgrading that running back position. But you mentioned it earlier. I mean, the, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl with a seventh round pick being their ended up being their number one running back with higher pedigree guys. You know, Edwards Alaire, for example. I know he was injured a lot this year, but still. Um, you know, Pacheco outplayed guys, and you see that over and over and over um, all around the league. Um, what what about receiver? You, you sort of touched on it. You mentioned uh, Daniel Jeremiah mentioning um, uh, Smith Ojibwa from Ohio State. Um, I like the idea very much of – I've been saying this for more than a year now. I think the Bills kind of need to find their way to – um, a receiver that eventually can take the torch from Diggs. You know, the cliff is going to come eventually. I don't think we're there yet, but, you know, it, it probably isn't more than two or three years off. So I think it's time to find that next guy. And I'm all about, like, looking into the draft to go find a guy. Is, is that your favorite idea so far? Yeah, it is. And, you know, the one problem that you might run into is, depending on what's available, if Brandon B wants to trade up, it's almost like last year would have been the year to, to do that. Because I don't know if you necessarily after Jordan Addison out of USC, and I'm still kind of digging in to this draft class, if there's that kind of guy. Like, you know, we saw Christian Watson this past year with for Green Bay. He went in the second round, and then George Pickens uh, for Pittsburgh. They were really, really good players, and – you know, they were just, you know, teams got them in the second, and I think Pickens went early in the third because it was such a deep wide receiver class. This class is a little bit different, and I don't know if there's any of those true bona fide, you know, number ones, like, or number ones in the making. But, and that's another part of this. Like, do you trust the Bills to find that player? You know, they did a really good job of finding Gabe Davis. Like, I, I'm going to give them all the credit in the world for that one. But, you know, the Khalil Shakir pick, like they never really trusted him last year. What's his long-term, you know, uh, status? And, and what do they have planned for him? Is he, like, going to be the slot next year? Do they want to do other things with him? So I think if you're the Bills, if you do draft a quarterback, especially on day one or day two, or a wide receiver on day one or day two, you have to have a plan for that. And you, you, you have to figure out how they fit into your system. And it was easy to fit Stefan Diggs into this thing, right? Like, in Minnesota, it was really easy to tell that he is a plug-and-play, going to change the complete complexion of your offense. And so I think that of that group of four or five players at the top, I mean, that, that Hyatt from Tennessee is an interesting one, too. He's a burner, uh, a little mm-hmm. bit smaller. Uh, that could be a fun kind of addition to this group. Or you do go the free agency route, and there's a couple of guys, at least for the, the short term, the next year or two, I really like DJ Chark and what that could be look like it's going to be a little bit more expensive or you know on the cheaper side of things paris campbell mm-hmm. a former uh day two pick he runs like a four three four and adding him to the mix you keep him healthy that is really interesting especially if they like him as a route runner I, i'm not as familiar with him in that uh i think they do want to bring somebody in that can run routes uh gabe davis did a lot of his work down the field but 
yeah, I mean, you have to attack the position. No matter what you do here in the offseason, free agency of the draft, I think you want to come back with two or three options to throw into the mix. And you can't be scared about competition or, you know, upsetting Gabe Davis or even Cleo Shakir or anybody else in that room because you've got to find a mix that works for Josh Allen. Yeah, Matt, I mean, you, you know this as well as anyone. To me, it was glaring that they ended up scraping by, going and you know, digging into their past to bring back first John Brown and then Cole Beasley. Nothing against them. I mean, they, they had you know, you know decent contributions as Bills when they first came here. Um, and, you know, they needed to do something, but it really shined a light on how much they had neglected the position. Uh, because, you know, to have to go do that with this offense and the contender that they were, um, that was tough. Yeah, and with the way that the season ended, I was thinking about this the other day on a show that we had. I think it was a disservice to the long-term plan. Like, you took away valuable reps from Khalil Shakir that you probably could have given him if you didn't bring in Cole Beasley. And I get the idea, but, I mean, he was basically coming off the couch. He said as much. He was playing some pickup basketball, but he took a month just to get back to to playing shape, and it was the same reason why teams didn't sign Odell Beckham Jr., because he – he wasn't going to be ready to, to make an impact. So looking back, I would have much rather had Khalil Shakir get that time or even hand a job over to Isaiah Hodgins and not let him go to New York yeah. and, and fall out over there and get a new contract uh, coming up this season. So, you know, I think a lot of lessons are to be learned with the way that they've built this. There's been a lot of wins for Brandon Bean, a lot of wins for Sean McDermott. I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot. You know, sometimes we – we overreact to, to things because things haven't gone their way in the playoffs the last two years. It's still a very successful regime and build, um, but they got to pivot now and they got to figure out a way to, um, you know, supplement some of the things that they built and maybe reimagine it a little bit uh, for Ken Dorsey in year two. We got to go. We're, we're out of time. We're already late, but I got, I got to, I got to ask you what, what's your gut or maybe you have more than a gut. Maybe you've got Intel. What do you think happens with Edmonds? Like how far of the wall do you think the bills go to try to keep him? Cause I know they value him more, certainly more than, than maybe a lot of the fan base. Um, what, what do you think happens there, Matt? Well, I don't have any Intel. I mean, it is very, very quiet on that front. And I think that he, he's going what I do know is I do think he's going to go to the market and he is going to test uh, his value. Because if you look at it, I was listening to, um, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody from PFF the other day was on a show and they were talking about Edmonds now being the number one defensive free agent on the market with Deron Payne expected to sign the franchise tag. And so because of that, that vaults up your value and what teams are going to probably pay you. So if it ends up being 20 million, 18, 19, 20 million, I can't see the Bills getting there, uh, despite the fact that they're going to just be miserable about it because of what I think he means. I think this really affects their secondary. Like, I think losing Edmonds has the potential to affect their secondary more than Jordan Poyer leaving. And I, I can't say enough good things about Poyer and what he's meant to this team and how good of a player he is, but I think Edmonds masks deficiencies because of what he does in the middle. So I do think they're going to make every effort and, and maybe they do just end up franchise tagging them and kicking the can down the road and saying, let's, let's figure this out down the line because we don't want to lose you and there'll be more money next year. And, but on the flip side, you might want to give them the extension now because there's even more money uh, that's going to go into that salary cap next year when all that money comes in, and he's probably going to want even more. Yeah. 
It's gonna it's gonna be really. I think it's one of the one of the more fascinating ones we've had in a while. I mean, it, it just gets harder and harder as your team gets good. Of course, you know this. All right, Matt. Listen, I kept you long. Thank you uh, on a Friday night at that. So I hope you have yourself a good weekend, and hope we get a chance to catch up down the road, man. Thanks for having me, buddy. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right. That's Matt Perno, New York Upstate, Bill's Beat Reporter, News 4 Buffalo contributor, Shout Podcast. A lot, a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of good content created uh, by Matt, and we thank him for his time. All right, got to take a time out. Um, I asked Zach about it. He, he did a mock draft. I don't know when his next one's coming, but we were tweeting together about this Tennessee receiver. Uh, let me pick up a little bit on that when we continue after this. Mike Shope is off today, along with Zach Jones. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to W. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t